What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio. It's a road show Friday uh, back at the uh, patio, getting ready for the NFL draft. Round two gets going. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we have the uh, the Pride of Fairbury, a special guest all the way from Denver. Bill Dolman is with us. Now, it's going to be a bit of a, a play-it-by-ear show. We have Gertie the German Shepherd out here and Shaggy Dolman from, uh, from Denver who's uh, in jail right now, and I pray that Carson's not throwing his Michael Vick jersey on out here to, <laughs> to, 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 to be creepy here. Bill, good to see you. Elijah, what's up? How are you? Are you talking to Bill or me with that one? I'm saying what's up to both of you here as we get ready for the spring game. It's uh, Elijah, this could get messy here, my friend. Uh, the, with the dogs over there? Yes. Yeah, uh, the, the Michael Vick joke was pretty messy, too. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> okay, well, we have – I know, it's not a nice thing, but the, the, the hair on the back of their necks was standing up. Yeah, um, I, I for a little bit was a little bit jealous that you were out in the patio out in the warm weather, but I'm actually but doing now. just fine now. Back at the studio, it's nice, peaceful, relaxing over here. <laughs> you're safe. You're safe. Bill, good to see you. Thanks for rolling in. Great to see you. I really appreciate it. I didn't realize that you had uh, purchased Danny Knee's old house, but it's uh, great to be in uh, Lincoln and hanging out with you on one of the six nice days a year in Nebraska, which, by the way, look. I'm a, I'm a proud Nebraskan. There are no finer people anywhere in the world. But let's face it, there's really only one or two nice days per month, if that, in Nebraska. This happens to be one of them. So I appreciate being outside with you here. I, you know, I, I got to go to Danny Nee's house <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> with, with, uh, with Patrick. Oh, oh okay. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not a recruit. No, one not, four. Not a recruit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I no, I I got to go to I, I had some friends I worked with when I worked at Hinky Dinky that were pious kids and they knew Patrick Knee. Yeah. So when when uh, the knees were out of town, we would go to Patrick's house because <laughs> <laughs> Patrick was trying to get into Princeton and Bill came over and you had a little uh, Joel Goodson party. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Right. It was a good time. I love Pius, man. It was, <laughs> it was a good time, and I didn't even have to go. <laughs> so we're uh, off and running here uh, as uh, we, we welcome you into Hale Varsity Radio. Numbers to dial up, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, you can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. NFL Draft set to get going here day two. Uh, pretty entertaining and interesting uh, day one. Uh, round one with the NFL Draft is uh, it was all about Aaron Rodgers. And then what would San Francisco do uh, with uh, their third pick? They went uh, with Trey Lance, uh, stud quarterback out of North Dakota State. Denver. Uh, Elijah and uh, Bill went with 
Sertain Jr. at the the corner. I wasn't sure if Fields might find his way to donkey land, but uh, Chicago Bears fans are raising a butt heavy as we speak still cheering, joyous. They were able to switch on with the Giants and move up. Uh, we'll talk to a resident Bears fan. Uh, 10-11 sports director Kevin Suits will be with us, get his take on some spring football as well. Bill Dolman, uh, of course, in person. He cannot go anywhere for the uh, for the rest of the show. Uh, he is tied to the chair, quite frankly. And uh, then you have Parker Gabriel from the Lincoln Journal-Star. He'll be with us at 525. So we can go draft. We can get into uh, Lance Leopold going down to Kansas. Will Bold and Husker baseball get rocking again, trying to win an eighth consecutive series? That happens at 630 at Haymarket Park. But I want to start with the groundbreaking as uh, Nebraska is uh, expanding uh, their football machine and athletic facilities here. That ceremony is still ongoing northwest corner of Memorial Stadium where the Ed Weir track is at. And uh, I I thought this was, A, incredible that uh, Nebraska was able to raise $80 million and move forward even at the tail end of a pandemic. And it it is remarkable when we think about just where the world's at, what's happening when it comes to, to financing and funding, and Nebraska's donors stepping up uh, majorly. And uh, you had uh, uh, Ronnie Green mentioned uh, kind of a, the, the trifecta here of folks that helped uh, put this together, Matt Davison, uh, Garrett Glassy, and Hank Bounds uh, going to work. Bill uh, Moose, a uh, vision for what he wanted to do and, and listen to what football needed as well as the rest of the student athletes. And Bill, uh, your time at Nebraska, man, you, you you did a lot of leadership work. You did a lot of administrative work. You also hosted the Tom Osborne show and uh, were, the, were the voice and face of, of Husker Vision. And you know how important facilities are, but you also work and have worked with so many great folks that are part of the life skills element of Nebraska football that, that separates it. This new facility is going to house live skills. It's going to be uh, there from a, a, an all-encompassing training table for all the student-athletes. And uh, when it comes to the players and coaches and meeting rooms and weight room and all of that, I mean, it's going to be a bigger re- uh, a, a region compared to what Nebraska has now. The weight room's sweet now, but you have so many guys roster size-wise that you're going in different shifts. So you can touch on just you know, what Bill News has done in the past, be it at Oregon or Washington State with the, the football building, uh, and now Nebraska is going to move forward. I think 2023 is where they're at. They're, at a bit, they're a bit delayed, but the renderings look just phenomenal, and uh, this will be really cool. I think it's it's great, obviously. I, it, it, it's uh, There's a certain sense of sadness just for the culture of collegiate athletics that you have to do it, but Nebraska is in the game. And by doing something like this shows that Nebraska wants to be at the forefront of the game, just as Nebraska was in the early 1990s when Bill Byrne had the the vision for, uh, you know, Husker vision and putting the right people in place to execute that with with Jeff Schmall. And, you know, in the in the 80s and the 90s with the life skills with Dennis LeBlanc and Keith Zimmer and Kim Shellpepper and all that Nebraska did to put the, the life skills unit together and become the model for all the other uh, schools around the country that, you know, also wanted to 
to commit to that. Boyd Epley certainly in the early 70s through the 70s and with his staff and Mike Arthur and the Brian Baileys and the John Jost and the Paul Cokes and all of those guys who helped put together uh, the strength and conditioning. Nebraska has always been at the forefront of what it needs needed to do to be competitive in the arms race of collegiate athletics. This is maybe a step behind in regards to getting it done because so many other places have gotten it done already, mm-hmm. but Nebraska has invested. It does speak to the leadership. It does speak to Bounds and Green and all of those people, but it also speaks to the importance of Nebraska athletics, not just Nebraska football, Nebraska athletics, to the culture of the entire state of Nebraska, and that the people who invested aren't just major corporations in Omaha. They're not just Berkshire babies who you know live in Dundee and have had the money for the last 50 years. It speaks to the people in Shickley, in Fairbury, in Burwell, in Ogallala, in Ainsworth, all around the state, big donors and small donors, everybody in Nebraska is a donor of substance. That was one of the most infamous uh, lines of Bill Byrne, uh, unfortunately, who I think was one of the great athletic directors, perhaps of all time. But it speaks to the teamwork, the importance of athletics to the culture of Nebraska, that the people respond no matter what the dollar amount is. So congratulations to the corporations who have stepped up, the incredibly wealthy individuals who have stepped up, but also the people around the state who feel a tie and and are felt that's extended to them from the university, that they still feel a part of it. And I think that's what's important, that this is a collaborative team effort from everybody. It screams power and that's the word that comes to mind with uh power and passion with uh, the the fan base in nebraska you'll feel it and hear it if you're a recruit that's coming up on your own tomorrow to to watch the spring game and we'll get to that list in a little bit but from a uh, putting your your money where your mouth is and your support is it's not just you're you're dropping and we'll get to some some draft stuff in a minute it's not that you're just dropping and able to accumulate $80 million and build that war chest up during a pandemic. You still got to get to 155, and that can happen, obviously. But you get $80 million during a pandemic. And oh, by the way, you get $80 million uh, during a, a 12 and 20 start with a new coach. Now, it's a native son that folks want to see. Uh, thrive and do well, and it's going to be a fun year four. It could be a, a fun year four with Nebraska, as difficult as the schedule is. There's excitement that'll kind of be realized tomorrow with some of the young pups as you get to see them do some work, some of the underclassmen. But <laughs> this math usually it wouldn't add up anywhere else, and that's to be commended for all the Nebraska fans out there that have chipped in. And if you can't chip in, but you're still there, with your voice, and you're going to be 40,000 of you tomorrow in Memorial Stadium. That's also pretty incredible. It's just It just reiterates uh, the special place we've both had, uh, all three of us have had a chance to grow up in. But don't you feel, you know, a little sadness that this is where we are in this arms race when you look around the culture of collegiate athletics and everybody is trying to keep up with somebody. And for, for the longest time, people it's were trying to do what Nebraska 20, did. 20, I know, and, and it just continues to just... <laughs> It just continues to get worse, right? But that's just the way it is. And if you want to compete at the high level, you're going to compete at the high level. We talk about the group of five and the power five. I really have a hard time believing that there's going to be anybody that's going to make that move 
from a group of five to a power five at some point. You know, I, I think it, it's I think the line is probably drawn, and for you to to go from you know here to there. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Nebraska trying to raise the amount of money just to get to 150 million. I mean, you're talking about some programs that are, are, don't have budgets that you know are above 30 million, right. 20 million, and then think you're going to compete. That's what makes Nebraska so unique. Is you know geographically located, the population size has been set about Nebraska for 50 years. It's growing. Yeah, here they are, <laughs> and it's great. Nebraska's great. There's no question. I, I, Lincoln and Omaha are two of the most I think fantastic cities in the country right now, and the way they've grown, but. It just to, to see the bells and whistles that are being given and having to be given, it's, it just is a different culture from when I grew up. Our uh, dear friend, the average Joe Fisherman, Aaron Lee Jacob, tweets in, are we going to talk any bad today? <laughs> That's a reference from about 17 years ago, and I love it. We will talk a little NFL draft and spring football. Bill, uh, we'll get a little further in depth with Nebraska in the spring game here tomorrow next hour but with the nfl draft elijah i want to go to you Uh, as a denver fan as a guy who wears the afc championship sweatshirt from time to time from 96 are you okay (laughs) with where denver went draft pick wise and bill as soon as elijah's done i want your your you're plugged into to denver and and how do you think that react that how was the reaction in denver last night with going cornerback elijah did you are, are you ticked they didn't go get fields? We were we were wondering if, if Denver – and I know they just got Teddy Bridgewater, and I know they got locked there, but you could have had either Mack or Fields uh, with that pick. Instead, they, they went corner, and I know Denver is always kind of defensive-minded first, and the defense has carried them a lot of years. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say I was mad that they went cornerback. I was a little bit confused. Um, I was actually out umpiring last night when I uh, checked my phone after the game. We were on pick like 11 or 12 at that point. So Fields had just gone to the Bears at 11, and I went, huh, he didn't go to the Broncos at 9? That's who I thought, like, as, a, as far as I thought Fields could go was to the, the Broncos at 9 because I thought if he's available, they're going to take him. They've liked him the whole draft process. Um, but Patrick Sertan's a very, very, very good quarterback, got a very high ceiling. Um, I think it adds to the, the Denver defense, which has been good since the Super Bowl. It's been the only reason the Broncos haven't been going, like, 2-14 and 14 is because they've had a, a decent defense built around Von Miller. Uh, so I'll, I'm happy with it. I'll take it. I think he's a cornerback for the future for the Broncos. But it seems like a luxury pick that you make whenever you already have like a solid team everywhere else and to me I when you're going to the playoffs yeah I see the weak link of that Broncos team as the quarterback position it's a little strange they didn't go sure it up but maybe they they are confident they can go get Aaron Rodgers well well, that's just it I mean KOA uh, the voice of of the Broncos Dave Logan Logan was on Twitter last night saying the deal is not dead we'll hear some commentary from from Green Bay's GM on his communication with Aaron Rodgers here this hour. So things sound like, at least the way the GM's painting it, that everything's okay, all is well. But if you're... Sure if you're, they are, Kevin Bacon. Right. Uh, Animal House, right? Uh, as he gets trampled. Maybe if you're Denver, you're going to package Sertain and Von Miller to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Bill, do you think that could happen? The Von Miller thing, I think, is the most intriguing thing about it. 
Uh, and I really think now I've, I've been out of Denver now for about 48 hours, so things have really changed You're breathing since, easier. since the <laughs> since the time I was you know dry. Yeah, I'm a little clear-headed out here. Um, no Cheetos, no Cheetos fingers. <laughs> so the, the drive out here, and I find out this whole Aaron Rodgers thing is you and I were talking yesterday. I was like, well, wait, wait a minute here, and then instantly you, you go to Denver, and this is just after the Bridgewater thing, which kind of came out of out of nowhere i shouldn't say nowhere i think it reemerged out of nowhere because there was talk about that uh a couple of months ago with bridgewater that he was going to be out of his you know getting out of uh, carolina and thought oh, okay well maybe that would be the guy that would come into denver and be good insurance for Locke. and then that kind of died down for a long time because the watson stuff started to percolate well now the watson stuff is you know who knows what's you know case of suspended animation that is yeah that's... Uh, let's face it the folks in houston are a lot happier with what's going on in green bay right now because that's taken them out of the headlines with their quarterback headache but with what with this whole Aaron Rodgers thing and the Von Miller stuff, I could definitely see where they would say, uh, you know what, Vaughn, we didn't have you last year. We had some issues. We got a contract done. Well, let's package you. I think they keep Sertan, though. Okay. But I could see them making that move if Rodgers is willing to come. Well, more to come on the spring game. We'll check in with 10-11's Kevin Suits. Bill Dolman is here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Road at Roadshow. Friday, Casa de Schmidt Hale Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back here at Hale Varsity Radio Road Show. As uh, we're on the uh, Casa de Schmidt patio, we're going to get the grill fired up in a little bit. We're going to. Watch some NFL draft. Get ready for the spring game road show tomorrow for the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. As uh, myself, Mark Cranack, we will be down in the rail yard wanting to see you 10 to noon. We already got an RSVP from uh, uh, Vic from Denver. He is on I-80 making his way east, and uh, he's ready to watch uh, Nebraska. And uh, we welcome in uh, sports uh, director with 1011. Uh, and uh, you watch his coverage uh, every night uh, with 1011 Sports. Kevin Suits with us. Suits, do we have you connected, bud? We're here. How are you doing, Schmitty? Good. Bill Dolman's uh, made the trip from Denver. He wants to see Nebraska up close and personal. How's softball going, man? Well, I'm out of Bowling Stadium right now. I mean, that's a pretty tough assignment on a gorgeous Friday, right? They're, uh, they're, <laughs> they're cruising along. they got a one-run lead here in the fifth inning. That is good. Now, I wanted to check in with you on some football, but specifically, I know a lot of Bears fans, and I know how big a Bears fans you are, Bears fan you are. How did uh, Kevin Suits react last evening when you maybe got your quarterback, hopefully got your quarterback of the future? How did I react is the question. I, act, uh, I reacted loudly, uh, happily. <laughs> And that was like a lifetime's worth of failed drafts uh, of emotion coming out at one time. It's really really got to tell you, when they traded up, they went up nine spots to get Justin Fields. I had just bad flashbacks to Trubisky. <laughs> because, you know, they traded up to get Mitch, well, however many years ago that was. I blocked it from my brain. But I still remember, and my coworkers will, will share the story of the, the words that can't be said on this program that came out of my mouth when that happened. And I remember when, when the Bears drafted Trubisky, not only did I, I, I lose my lid, I marched around uh, the workplace for like five minutes, just 
seething. I got in my car and I drove just because I didn't know what to do. And I remember walking through the aisles of Hy-Vee just with smoke blowing from my ears. I was so angry. Um, so we that is one side of the spectrum. Last night was the opposite. You know, whether Justin Fields works out or not, and I think he will, the fact that the Bears front office finally did something that was unanimously supported by the fan base blows my mind. It's amazing. You went to the alcohol aisle a few years ago uh, after that draft pick, and then you went to now, the I ice cream aisle that, last night. Now, I didn't say specifically I'm, I'm insinuating. Went. I'm insinuating. <laughs> that's, a fair, that's a fair assumption. You needed the drink. Uh, Kevin Suits is with us, 1011 <laughs> Sports. Uh, his thoughts on uh, a longtime Bears fan, and, and I, my, my, my boy Handley's a Bears fan. Greg Smith's a Bears guy. You're a Bears fan. Uh, you know, Ken Hamilton, uh, Kenny Hamilton's a huge Bears. So there's a lot of you around, and I'm, I'm happy for you. Bill, you wanted to jump in? Yeah, Kevin, uh, this is Bill Dolman. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in, in you Bears fans, though. I was down in Houston when uh, they drafted a kid out of Wisconsin, a, a defensive lineman named J.J. Watt, and the town went apoplectic. That they, How dare they draft this, uh, this waste of a lineman from Wisconsin? This guy's not going to be any good. So I don't think you guys are being fair to the development of Mitch Trubisky as the future of the Chicago Bears at quarterback. You stop that right now, Bill. <laughs> if I can reach through the phone and slap you, I would. I'll give you the address. I mean, I, I, just, I, mean I, I, I get that the guy went to Arizona, but, I mean, for a while he was pretty good with Houston. Yeah, he, he did all right. He's pretty good. <laughs> Suzy, what are you looking at tomorrow? You'll be uh, covering the spring game. Uh, it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be phenomenal with fans, obviously, there, but also just uh, seeing some some hitting in the second half. Who are you focusing on? I've got a boring answer for you, Schmitty. I'm going to say Adrian Martinez. Okay. I know that everybody's seen him. Everybody wants to see the running back situation. People want to see Omar Manning. You want to see Heinrich Harburg. I get it. They're the fancy new toy. But can Adrian be in the freshman form of Adrian? You know, what's his speed look like? What's his body look like? What's his decision-making look like? I, I still believe that Adrian is the key to Nebraska's 2021 season. And, you know, if you see him have uh, a quick clock in his head to get rid of the football, because remember, in the scrimmage, it, it's not tackle. He's wearing the green no-contact jersey. So that expedites his decision-making process. Can he read his keys make a fast decision, and how accurate are his passes? And, you know, if he can hit the downfield throw, because it sounds like he's got some receivers that can stretch the field mm. and stretch it effectively, can, can we go 40, 45 yards downfield and hit on target? If Adrian's doing that, you know, I think it's going to paint a different picture in my brain about what this offense could look like heading in through the summer and into the fall. But if we're still missing on some of those big-time throws and maybe even missing the read to allow you to go downfield, then you might start to think that the offense might be in the form of 2020 again. Anyone hits him tomorrow, they're going to be running stairs through the stands <laughs> is kind of my take. But, yeah, if you get freshman form, and, and I remember that Colorado game where he was dropping in dimes to – to Spielman downfield. He's got it in him. Uh, he's just got to be able to have the time. Uh, I'm anxious to, to see kind of the walking, walking wounded group, and that's been the running backs. I think that takes a lot of pressure off Adrian. Anxious to see uh, some of the younger offensive linemen grind away uh, defensive li- at the defensive line. 
in that second half. Kevin's with us. He's taken a minute out of uh, covering Husker softball to jump on with this. Real quick, I'm going to let you get out. Uh, a thought here on, on what Nebraska baseball's got in front of them uh, this weekend with Rutgers is Michigan looms. Well, you know, that's the trick. You can't look at Michigan, and you can't get too caught up in winning the Big Ten Conference. They're in a great spot right now. Rutgers is a team that actually just took two of three from Michigan last week. This is is a pretty salty team that's in Lincoln. Uh, The weather's going to be fantastic. Come check them out. This this is my thought on Nebraska baseball real quick. Of course, they can hit the ball. They're great fielding the ball, and they're pitching it really well. But the DNA of this team is what I love the most. They take the extra base when they can. They don't beat themselves. And they're just such a gritty team. It's a Will Bolt team. We shouldn't be surprised at it, but just their style of play and the guys to have the guys they have uh, to play that style, it all perfectly aligns. They're a fun, fun group. 20 wins, and that number could keep on grow, uh, growing if they keep rolling. Well, they keep doing their thing. It's going to be a fun regional in Lincoln here uh, to welcome back uh, more Nebraska baseball fans. Uh, they love that feeling. It's been since 08. Kevin Suits, 1011 Sports, uh, Sports Director. Suits, he will let you get out. Thanks for jumping in with us. Enjoy the steaks and beers tonight, Schmitty. We will, buddy. Take care. There he is, Kevin Suits, with us. Uh, Ten Eleven Sports. Love to catch up with him from time to time. So I have pork chops uh, in a little bit. Uh, do I need to go get a steak? You can go get whatever you need, but uh, you got to have a Guinness with it. Okay, so I need to get Guinness. Elijah, are you umping later? <laughs> uh, I am not. No, no, no plans actually. <laughs> so are you, you need are to you, pick are you, up a six pack of Guinness? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to say, are, are, you, are you requesting that the pay up on the steak and a beer bet finally? <laughs> <laughs> we do a steak and a beer bet every Friday at, at 5.50-ish. And I have one more times than not, but we just kind of carry it over. And Elijah's been chasing it a while. Yeah, I think I, owe you, I think I owe you 20 steaks now, something like that. <laughs> Inside of a beer. Inside of a, a cow or something. Well, I just get them like a brontosaurus burger, like the uh, the end of the Flintstones, you know, and they put it on the side of the car and it just tips it over. Just get a side of beef. Tomahawks. Yeah. That, that'd be good. We are going to give you a chance uh, to qualify in a bit, uh, twice each show with Hale Varsity Radio, uh, to remind you what's going on, the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Uh, you've got the uh, the Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. You have a $100 gift card to uh, Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. And then the $100 gift card to, to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. That cue to call coming up before 5 o'clock. Also coming up before 6 o'clock. Uh, let's put a bow here on a little bit of spring spring game thoughts. Uh, Suitsy's watching for Adrian. Uh, I am going to be looking... Uh, for sure at Omar Manning, me and the rest of the state, but I want to see him uh, do it on Saturday. He's a guy who I think will feed off the energy of the fan base, and he'll continue to to get confident in the offense. He is a monster difference maker in the form of of Anunwa or Mo Purify. He's that good a wideout. So my answer's trendy, not uh, boring, and uh, that's who I'm circled in on. Elijah, who are you? Uh, kind of geeked up to see tomorrow. 
Well, uh, you got to start out with the quarterback position, Adrian Martinez. I want to see if he can carry over that efficiency from uh, from last season. Um, but then I also want to see the defensive side of the ball. We, we kind of know all these big names that are, you know, returning, uh, that played big snaps last year. But I want to see who are the guys behind him that are going to be pushing him to, to stay great. I'm looking for guys like Isaac Gifford. Uh, I'm looking for guys like uh, Ateva Mauga Clements, who didn't really get as much play time last year as the Husker fans were expecting. Uh, Nabab Joseph's another one in the secondary. Going to see how uh, his progression was. Uh, and the last one I'll name off uh, on that defensive side is Miles Farmer. Excited to see what he can do coming back from injury. Farmer's uh, fantastic. He's looked pretty good as he's trekking back. And, Bill, I know you pay attention to Nebraska ball. And uh, Gabe Irvin's a young back. That running back situation's still a bit of a question mark with Steps' injury. Uh, we'll see, you know, what Ramir Johnson's future looks like. You wish and want him to, to be in that room because he has the most experience, but he isn't going tomorrow. Uh, a player or position group you like? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be watching for Christian Peter. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I had lunch downtown today, and uh, and I'm pretty sure now I could have been I could have been mistaken because it's been a while since I've seen Christian, but uh, a behemoth of a man came out of the Cornhusker Hotel and looked a lot like Christian. The only thing I can think of is that he's been brought back because I believe he's still in New Jersey, probably running some restaurant empire. I think he's doing insurance. Okay, whatever. Uh, but I think they brought him back to uh, run bodyguard interference for Adrian Martinez. So uh-huh. my guess is that he will be actually out on the field, making sure that not only is there no tackling in the first half, perhaps no touching at all in the first half. So uh, that's why I think uh, somebody like Christian might be in town. They might bring just all of them back, you know, uh, Tomich and – uh, Christian and uh, all, all of those guys. Broderick, uh, you know, whoever. Well, Neil Smith, Broderick Thomas. Neil, that, yeah. That'd be all right. But let's just put a, let's put a hedge of protection, like the Bible says, around Adrian Martinez tomorrow. Is Christian bringing the Christmas ornaments with him? <laughs> well, I, I do remember that a couple times when I was much younger, uh, Christian Peter and Kent Wells, for some reason, thought that my head was a Christmas ornament or a uh, aluminum can. Aluminum can uh, of, of Ham's beer or something. Yeah, It made me feel like more the boys, you know, but the, uh, Kent Wells one time at the rail. Oh my gosh, I'm still seeing lights. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Good well, guy. No, I, boy, I, I, the I, headbutt. Uh, like they say in Paul Blart, nobody wins with a headbutt. You fared better than the cigarette <laughs> machine <laughs> at the Chesterfield. <laughs> Which is where we're heading after the show. Yeah, because uh, we got to find it. Absolutely. Uh, Kansas has a new man with Husker ties. Lance Leopold is. Going rock chalk. Uh, thoughts on that higher on the way. Chime in 402 466 ESPN or email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday. We are on the patio at Casa de Schmidt. Bill Dolman is in from the Denver region, Elijah Herbal back at our studios. We're going to fire the grill up. We're going to pour a Corona and uh, get rolling here. And then road show tomorrow morning. Mark Cranach will be on site myself as it's the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Special time, 10 to noon. Ahead of kickoff down in the rail yard. Sunshine and uh, lots of taps to pull. So come on and see us and uh, get uh, geared up for the spring game. And uh, excited to be there with you. Your chance also to get uh, qualified for that grill, that Campbell's gift card, and that gift card to Leon's 
uh, here before 5 o'clock and also into the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll hear from Parker Gabriel coming up at 525. Thoughts on the spring game and uh, visitors this weekend. Uh, big recruiting weekend, even though it's unofficial for Nebraska. So, Bill, uh, a guy you know and have crossed paths with, uh, not only from, from uh, his time at Doan, but his offensive coordinator stint uh, with UNO, his time with uh, Coach Solich, and then also in the recruiting office with Nebraska, Lance Leopold. Uh, incredible work at Buffalo. Uh, a 37-33 and 33 career record, but a 24-10 and 10 mark. Uh, the last three years, they've been great in the MAC. They've gone to three straight bowl games late, but better late than never. If you're Kansas, who's gone through five coaches since 2009, and uh, I know Mangino liked frozen Snickers and uh, hated treadmills, but he was phenomenal down there. Both Everybody, of which were in his office. Yes, they were. <laughs> and there was a little fishing pole <laughs> that had a frozen Snicker on the end that was uh, he was chasing the Snickers bar when he got on the treadmill. True story on that. But uh, he wore his welcome out, and uh, they went through a lot of coaches and – I think one of which was Charlie Weiss, mm-hmm. where they hired mm-hmm. Fat Charlie over Gary Barnett. They could have had Barnett down there, didn't do that. That's a mistake. Well, maybe they got it right with Lance Leopold because he's a phenomenal coach, and I I hope it works out for him because uh, based on you know the people you know and knowing him, he's been grinding a long time in his mid fifties, but. Hey, he could he could do well down in Lawrence. Do you believe that? Not a knock on him, but more so the Kansas situation. You know, I think it's a great hire for Kansas. I don't know if it's a great job for Lance Leipold. Um, I, I would think that there would be a bigger and better opportunity for him elsewhere. I know there were thoughts that uh, perhaps, um, you know, it had P.J. Fleck left Minnesota after last year and gone someplace that maybe Lance would have been the guy for that job. Lance would have been the guy for the Illinois job. I think all, both of those would have been, you know, very good for him. He and, finished second to Bielema. Right. So and, he was right there for the Illinois gig. So th- this is going to come down to what kind of support is he going to get? Is it, always, is it going to be like it always has been and like I believe it was for Turner Gill? Uh, the, it's it's still a football pro, or a basketball program, and oh by the way, do the best you can with this. But we're not going to really pay much attention to you once the calendar hits, well September, mm-hmm. you know, because basketball starts in a month and a half. Um, that that's the the whole thing is what kind of support is he going to get? Now he's going to get a new athletic director, who is making the hire. So there's got to be some trust and some chemistry between the two of them. For Kansas, I think it's great. For Lance Leipold, I hope it's not you know a, a a career mistake where, yeah, he's got incredible numbers at Wisconsin Whitewater, well, like 10 losses in six years or something. And then what he did at Buffalo and, you know, with, with those resources, uh, you know, if, if he can go 500 at Kansas, it's a great, it's a great uh, deal. I think he's got the potential to have Mangino like numbers where you're winning eight, nine, 10 games a year at Kansas. But he has to have that support, and it can't be all basketball. Because at some point, the NCAA, who, by the way, for some reason extended Mark Emmert, is going to have to make some type of uh, announcement as to what's going to happen with some of these basketball programs. It can't just be Sean Miller getting fired at Arizona. And this has been going on for way, way, way too long. And so I think, I think for Lance, it's a great opportunity. I just hope that it's not you know, a career 
killer? Yeah, I'm not going to say killer because he's got enough reputation. But, you know, it, it may not be the lofty numbers that he's come to know. 109-6. and six. Yeah. It Wisconsin Whitewater and multiple national championships. Uh, he released a statement uh, today. Development, discipline, determination, the three Ds uh, for Lance Leopold. And, you know, I look at part of me is like, man, do you stick at Buffalo and be patient for, for another year? Because I know he'd been there, what, how many years at Buffalo? Six, six I think. Six years at Buffalo. I can't believe he's 56 years old. No, I know. I know. That surprised me more than anything. Kansas has lost 115 of their last 136 games. I mean, think of that. I'll say this, though. You've got the Jayhawk League and the Juco's down there. Uh, that's where K-State mined and did well under Bill Snyder. That's where Mangino went uh, when I think of Reesing and uh, a couple of the wideouts that were there, uh, Sharp, the uh, the eye back, and uh, Talib, obviously. And um, that's that's interesting. Little niece Evie has come by to say hi. Shaggy, it's all right. Uh, so that's that's good. So you have you have the the ability to recruit the the JUCOs. That's that's key. But I think Les Miles probably left him a lot of young talent. I mean, I think Les can still recruit if he was at least halfway interested, or at least people on his staff. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Lance Leipold has has got enough uh, credibility with coaches all around the country, high school, junior college. I think he's a great football coach. There's no question about it. He just hasn't had gotten the right opportunity. And, and again, I just I go back to Turner. You know, Turner then was a Buffalo. And was it Liberty? All of those things that he's able to do and do well, you, you just hope that you have the support uh, uh, from the administration to allow you to succeed because Kansas is never going to allow anything to surpass what it's done in basketball, no matter what's going to come down the pike in that regard. But, you know, I, I think anybody who, at, at Nebraska who knows Lance would think Lance would be a, a wonderful coach wherever he is and would be a great fit at a place like Nebraska. Nebraska just has the right guy at the right time mm-hmm. with Scott Frost to build a program where it needs to go. But that's the kind of guy Lance Leipold is that if you are a Nebraska fan, you can really uh, associate with a guy like Lance Leipold. True or false, do you now suddenly feel better about the Buffalo game with Lance moving to Lawrence? I'm a true. I, I think that... Nebraska, that game could have been dicey. It's right before the Oklahoma game. It's not that Nebraska can just roll the helmet out and go win. But without him and the headset in Buffalo, that's a more winnable game for Nebraska. Well, it's late in the season, too. I mean, you're, you're talking about spring ball. I'm talking about it right now. Yes, yes. It, this, is, this is a late, late coaching change. It is. You know, Very so uh, and I don't know where Buffalo is or was with their spring practices. Could be done. Could be getting started. Could still be 12 feet of snow on the ground up there. I, I really don't know. But for them to have to go through this coaching change at this point, go, <laughs> I, just, I think it is really going to, to sidetrack any preparation that they have for the upcoming season. I, I didn't feel, you know, wasn't nervous about it anyway. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I think I – think think for them this is going to be a tough year we'll wind down hour one bill dolman is uh, in the capital city chris schmidt it's a patio show with hail varsity radio elijah herbal back at our espn studios uh, we'll give you a chance to qualify here for the espn memorial day kickoff shortly uh, more thoughts here on the spring game uh, nfl draft hail varsity continues presented by the nebraska lottery and now and now back to hail varsity radio 
One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Roadshow Friday on the uh, back patio. Chris Schmidt, Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbel, uh, Billy D in town. Spring game tomorrow in the rail yard tomorrow for the weekend edition from 10 to noon. Going to get the grill fired up here and uh, watch a little NFL draft. You can catch uh, round two on ESPN Radio following us and uh, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. Get buckled up. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. And uh, can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, some time there on... Uh, Lance Leopold, as he is headed off to uh, Kansas. Elijah, let's uh, spend a minute here on Green Bay. Things seem to be okay and a little bit better for the Packers. At least uh, that's what uh, Green Bay's brass is saying. Uh, you have Gudekist Gouda, uh, is the general manager. Yes, I had to write that phonetically. But uh, at least they've talked. Here's a little bit from the... Green Bay GM, and he has had uh, communication here cut two with uh, Aaron Rodgers. At least uh, there's no for sale sign yet uh, in Green Bay. I won't go into specifics, but there was communication with Aaron today. Um, There's been communication with Aaron, um, you know, a lot over the past, uh, you know, six, eight weeks. So, um, but there was communication today. We're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's from the brass Uh, More here uh, when it comes to specifics here on that communication. Uh, Give us a little dirt here, GM. I'm not going to get a ton of specifics, but I think, you know, obviously, you know, he's our he's our quarterback. He's our leader. We've been working through this for you know a little while now. And, um, you know, I just think uh, it may take some time. But, um, you know, he's he's the guy that kind of makes this thing go. So he's he gives us the best chance to win. And and we're going to work towards that end. So there was uh, enough public butt kissing there. Hey, we need you. We love you. We got to have you. We can't do this thing without you. I get it. But, man, it's tough to undo between losing to to Tampa like you did and now Rodgers saying, you know what, Jeopardy's a pretty good idea. Let me go elsewhere. I hope they can hang on to him because Green Bay, it, it just feels right with him there. And although Elijah Denver'd be phenomenal, that's that's still uh, maybe a beacon of hope. Yeah, I'll I'll pray for it. But when you look at what the- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you look when you look at the Broncos roster, adding Aaron Rodgers and boom, I mean that that's a pretty good contender against Kansas City, at least in my opinion. But when you go look at the Packers draft last night, I mean, they had a chance to take Elijah Moore, one of the better wide receivers in the draft mm-hmm. at Ole Miss, go help out their quarterback, and what do they do? They go take a speedster cornerback, another defensive player in the first round, and, and this guy, uh, Stokes, he's he's pretty raw from what I've been reading about him and uh, listening to the draft experts. Mm-hmm. Pretty raw, but with just super good top-end speed, which always projects well to the NFL. Uh, just ask Mark Davis, or Al Davis, excuse me. Well, let's uh, get you qualified here, Caller 9, as we get into Hour 2. Caller 9 for the ESPN Memorial Day Kickoff. That is not my do- my wife throwing a, a toaster into the bathtub that's plugged in. That's supposed to be meat on a grill. Caller 9 qualifies for the Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from 
Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, a $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Centers, and a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Caller 9 right now, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Caller 9 right now qualifies with the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Hour 2 coming up with Hale Varsity. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back at it, Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road here. Uh, Casa de Schmidt, the patio. The draft is on, and uh, we are excited to be with you here heading into Hour 2. Chris Schmidt, Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury. NBC Sports is on the patio with his buddy Shaggy. What kind of dog is Shaggy? Uh, 30 pounds of savage beast. <laughs> Viciousness and fury. Uh, a savage beast, and, and Shaggy's a good dude. He's hanging out underneath the the uh, the picnic table here. We go with Border Terrier, but okay. because uh, New Mexico gas station dog is not an official breed, uh-huh. which is where he was found. He is an adopted uh, rescue dog. Adopt, okay. don't shop. And uh, he's a good uh, good beast. He's good. Uh, Gertie, the German Shepherd, who he met earlier before hour one. The, they did not ask each other out on a date, thankfully. <laughs> Uh, Gertie's also adopted. Very good. For, the, good for you. The, the, the German, Roz the Labradoodle, had to go to the vet today, so she is... Uh, not happy. She's she's downstairs in her kennel. Elijah Herbal's back at our ESPN studios. Wait, yeah, Parker Chris, Gabriel. Can yes, I just ask yes, you, sir. what's the alternative to your dog being ad- adopted? Like, are you... Are all dogs adopted in some sense? Some are purchased and some are well, adopted. Yeah, but even a purchase is technically an adoption when you really look at things. Am I, getting, no. it's, am, I, am, I, am I just analyzing this too much here? Well, yes, let, you are. well yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, these dogs are wandering the streets, or in my case, uh, you know, a wandering New Mexico gas station. So uh, it, hopefully he's be- got a little bit better life with me than he did uh, down there. Yeah, yeah, he was hanging out with Jesse and Walt uh, down in uh, New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, he was <laughs> trending toward Breaking Bad, but uh, we, got him on the, we got him on the, uh, the straight and narrow. <laughs> now he's waiting on those pork chops. No country for old dogs. Yeah, staring at me. Uh, we'll get into some Oscar baseball here and some spring football and uh, Elijah you and I spent some time talking about uh, you know Bill Moose's comments this week and and I love the fact that there's confidence and uh, Bill knows football so he was talking about uh, eight or nine wins he can see eight or nine wins on the schedule but he knows it isn't easy he knows it's not a pushover he knows it's not a guarantee and then you know you, you kind of couple that with the, the strength of schedule here Bill wanted to get your take on on the Moose's comments. And, and him and Frost are on the same page. So Frost had said something earlier this year about, you know, it's, it's time for Nebraska to start kind of doing their thing again. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Frost and, and Nebraska, honestly, the staff, they've been humbled. Uh, and they now going into year four, it's been rough terrain in the Big Ten. And it's like that for about every and any coach not named Urban in the Big Ten. I mean, there are games that come up and just bite you, and it's not necessarily a nine-win Wisconsin or Iowa you lose to if you're from the East, 
Look at Northwestern, case in point, a year ago. They were phenomenal. They've had two guys go in the the first round forever, for the first time in forever or, or ever. And they're, again, two out of the last three years, your West Division champ. Who was their lone loss to this year, pre-Big Ten title game? They got bit by uh, kind of an up-and-down, a yo-yoing Michigan State team. We're not far away from you know, Rondale Moore uh, is going to be drafted tonight. He might be the steal of the draft offensively. He had an amazing night in West Lafayette where uh, you had Purdue put up half a hundred on Urban Meyer and Ohio State. So you can go get punched in the face and, and, and black out uh, any weekend, any Saturday in the Big Ten. So that's completely understood. Back to Moose and eight or nine wins. I can find six, I can talk myself into seven, and if they are much better coached and much better disciplined, I can even go eight. And incredible coaching job, coach of the year type talk, I can go nine. I'm, I'm right around six or seven if they get their bleep together uh, when it comes to Saturday game day performance. I'm not talking the players, I'm talking the coaching staffs, I'm talking a, a steady rotation at running back where you get a guy uh, lathered up and and you stick with a back or you run the football you make the point to be physical get downhill and you get some separation with your wideouts and you get a healthy adrian martinez i think you can do some nice things this year but your um your takeaway with this it wasn't a mandate it wasn't an edict but still a number was talked about a number was hit on and that's eight or nine wins with this schedule. Yeah, I go back a couple of years ago when he, what did he say? Uh, I'd be happy with six, or I can't remember the Year first two, time that he, six, you, know, he media days, yeah, yeah. you know, he drops that number. People are like, well, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And he's, you know, he's pretty prescient. And, uh, you know, the guy's, he's a football guy. And he was pretty dead on in his preseason assessment, his postseason assessment. He understands the, the, the culture and what it takes to build a football program. So I, I think you go back to what he said a couple of years ago and think, well, you know, maybe he knows what he's talking about. And as somebody who has kind of put his trust into uh, really anybody named Bill, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you put your trust in what he has said and the reputation that, you know, I had you know heard about Bill Moose even before he took the Nebraska job. Um, you kind of think, well, maybe he knows kind of what he's talking about, and he's assessed it. I'm sure that with all of the myriad of things that he's got going on as Nebraska's athletic director with trying to raise money, build facilities, and manage all of the other programs, I'm sure he's probably taken out a few you know, stat books and looked at the personnel and the numbers and said, this is a team that can win eight or nine games. I'm going to go back to what I said, what was it, two weeks ago or last week? You know, this is a team that when you do look at the roster, it has talent. But there are those intangibles. Injuries, you know, obviously are, are a big deal. You know, Adrian Martinez has to be healthy, and he's got to make better decisions. But it has to be a more disciplined football team. And if it is, eliminating stupid penalties, um, holding on to the football, and not putting it on the carpet all the time, if you can do that, if, if, if you can stay injury-free, which is sometimes, you know, just by the grace of God, but holding on to the football... And not turning it over, not throwing it away in bad, you know, throwing it away 
and having it picked off, those kinds of things. Uh, and I go back to the Colorado game a couple of years ago in Boulder. You know, and it was early on in that game. Nebraska was just jack sky high. And, they were up 20 nothing, man. Right, but, he, but even early on in that game, there was a like a personal foul penalty on a third down and long. Extended a drive. And for extended the bus. a drive. For, and you, just, you know, th- those are those those singular moments when you look at it. And I can remember watching that game at that time, going, "God, you cannot have that kind of penalty." I know you're jacked. I know you're emotional. And we're going back two, three, four years now, right? Mm-hmm. But still, that stands out in my mind. You got to be emotional. But you also got to be smart, and you got to be disciplined in those situations. It kind of goes back to mention Christian Peter earlier. Remember the the the, the Orange Bowl went over Miami, and Tom said in the locker room at halftime, they're going to come out and they're going to do something, and they're going to try to bait you into a penalty. And what happened? Sure enough, Christian Peter pissed somebody off, and the guy gets a personal foul penalty, and Christian's just laying there on the ground like I didn't do anything. That wasn't me. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> wasn't me. But it's it's those kind of moments that have an impact on a game. And Nebraska cannot be emotionally stupid. They've got to be emotionally smart, emotionally disciplined, and hold on to the football. And then I think that there are one or two games that maybe you shouldn't win that you do. And once you get those, then you start to steamroll a little bit. And maybe that happens early. Maybe it happens in the middle of the season. But all of a sudden, you're looking and you go from six to eight wins just because you are a smarter, more disciplined football team. Elijah, they they have been on the cusp of of getting to postseason for sure, but they have kind of underdelivered with their win total and in a lot of close ball games. I mean, I think Bill's right on it. How do you feel? Do you think they well, yeah. can 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 kind of tighten up and and win some of those close games? Well, I think Bill not only has a good read on the Husker football team and what small changes can be made to improve the performance on the field and how close this team could actually be. I think he's got a really good pulse of how Husker Nation feels and I think the, the, the mood among Husker Nation is it's put up or shut up time. We're into year four and you still haven't had a 500 plus record in your time here, Scott Frost. Like, not only are the expectations based on this team to get eight wins, it's also just an expectation of this program as as a whole is that by year four, Scott, you, you should be into bowl eligible 500 plus range. Uh, and if it's not this year, it's, it's going to be a severe disappointment. Whereas in years past, uh, you were hoping for, you know, the eight to nine win mark. But if you got to five or six, you know, you'd be okay. We're, we're still in the development phase, but at this point now it's okay. We need to win because if you're not winning by year four, is it time to go find a new head coach? You know, that's uh, and, and that's kind of been Nebraska's curse. They have hit reset and eject on a lot of coaches in a short amount of time, and now you have one of your own back here to lead it, and you were expecting a quick turnaround. Some some understood that you judge Frost after year five, not year three. So there's good, there's a little gray area there. What do you do before you get to year five, and what do you do to follow up a really weird, weird, crazy year three with COVID? To me, year four will be telling from the discipline standpoint, you talk about being uh, emotional and physical, and I think Nebraska is going to be one of the more physical teams in the Big Ten. That's incredible. Frost and Duvall promised to do that. They've delivered on that. But I look at a guy like Cam Taylor-Britt, who's one of my favorite interviews and one of my favorite people, an incredible ball player. He'll be hearing his name called a year from now uh, on day two, maybe day one. He's that talented. But I look at Cam Taylor-Britt and, and Nebraska's secondary, arguably Nebraska's best and most seasoned position group. They're going to be your leaders on defense, right? Well, there's been a lot of targeting 
you can call BS on the targeting or not. The point is, is they've had a lot of guys in COVID-shortened 2020 miss time. And I go back to a game. You go to the Boulder game. I go back to last year. You beat Minnesota, who was 33 men down. Uh, You may flip things around and you're at 500. Maybe you're a game over 500. Maybe it's not a, well, do we want to go to the bowl game or not? It's not a discussion. What happened as uh, that game's tied late in the third quarter? You got a guy like Cam Taylor Britt who gets nailed for a, for a personal foul call that extends a drive. Uh, and, and I'm not piling on Cam or blaming it. I'm saying that's one moment in one game where you really felt deflated not being able to beat an undermanned Minnesota team. They got to get rid of this ejection Targeting on the sucks, target. I know. You know, and 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 how long has that rule been in college football? They're going to get rid of tackling uh, here pretty uh, soon, which will make it really you know, nice. I, on I'm Saturdays. so tired of people like me, okay, on the air, and you hear them say over and over again, "Well, they're trying to take that out of the game. They're trying to take that out of the game. They've been trying to take that out of the game since Red Grange wore a leather helmet." Okay. <laughs> It's just the way it is. And if you're going to be able to uh, look at it on replay and say, look, this, there is incidental contact with it comes to the helmet. I said this 20 years ago. I remember John Madden said it after, you know, around the same time. If you want to make the game safer, get rid of the helmet. All right? Get rid of the helmet. Because if you don't want people tackling with their helmet, guess what? Take the you helmet. take the helmet out, and they're not going to tackle that way. I've called a lot of rugby in my time, and there is not a tougher sport in the world with harder hitting. And you hear bones crushing when they tackle in rugby. But they've learned how to do it. But this whole thing, well, they're trying to get out of the game. Well, they're trying to get out of the game. You know what? Why are, why are you taking guys out of games? So, you know, take them out. You've got to sit them for a quarter or a, a series half. or something. Yeah. But, but to say, okay, well, you're completely ejected because, you know, if somebody goes in there, you know, helmet first with their arms at their side, launching themselves like Fred Flintstone out of a cannon, then, okay, maybe you don't belong on the field. But when somebody lowers their head because they're trying to go in and make a play and they happen to lower the head at the same time, I, I just am, am tired of the weather trying to get it. You're not going to get it out of the game. And it, but if you're going to take a look at it, you certainly have to have an understanding of the rules of football. Yeah, people using so, their, their – Anyway, oh, it, it, the, the Nebraska has to be a much more disciplined team when it comes to – you know, tackling when it comes to holding on. And, and, and I mentioned injuries, and, and that's, that's just by sometimes the luck of the situation. Look at Fedoni. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you've got a, a freshman who looks like he's going to be a contributor, a contributor this, this coming season, and in the middle of spring in a non-contact drill, there it happens. And you cannot control something like that. Elijah, Nebraska football needs a live chicken and Jobu's rum. Something like that uh, to alleviate the the curse, the dark cloud. I mean, are you suggesting some sort of exorcism here? Some sort uh, of like, Possibly. I, is it, are we, have we reached that point yet? I mean, it's it's been 20 years, but again, you can look and it, it's not like we're cursed at this point. It's just you've made a series of bad hires in the athletic director and head coach role. It's not... It's not irrecoverable. How many games have they had canceled? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. You had two games you've lost. You lost the Wisconsin game. You lost the, uh, the uh, let's uh, treat Terry Bowden like a pinata game. And I still say if Nebraska plays that game against Akron and they win, all that feel-good stuff, I'm thinking the whole season's different. But that game, I mean, that's just the, the bad you've, luck of the draw. You've lost on a Hail Mary but, but, to BYU and Taysom Hill. or. But look at look at this. The, the injury to... Or, you know, to Fedoni, Nebraska is going to go 
tomorrow with no contact or no tackling in the first half. Who's to say somebody doesn't, and God, please don't let this happen. Who's to say somebody doesn't get hurt in a non-contact spring scrimmage? It could happen. It happened in you know, Bowles before the Purdue game. Yeah, Miles Farmer. Miles Farmer. Just completely freak accidents happen. Injuries happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. And unfortunately, Nebraska's had it to happen, you know, to some guys that you really, you know, hope that it doesn't happen to. Bill Dolman, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Hail Varsity Friday. We are here at Casa de Schmidt. We are going to fire the grill up. We're going to pour a cold one, watch the NFL Draft. You can hear the NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. You're also uh, going to hear the cue to call before 6, and you'll get qualified for that uh, Memorial Weekend kickoff with ESPN. That's a grill. That's a gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. That's a gift card to uh, Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Listen for that sounder. We'll tell you when to call. We'll talk about some of the visitors recruiting uh, on our mind. Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star. His thoughts next on the visitors on the spring game. Hail Varsity back at you after this. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Patio Show Edition. Hot and warm and a great weekend for football. We say hi to Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG. Parker, as a Packer guy, how were you doing yesterday? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was working, and I was, like, just kind of had uh, – I was just, you know, looking at Twitter like normal, and I saw – I think maybe it was, like, Mina Kimes or someone was like – yeah, Adam Schefter's got a big uh, bombshell on NFL Live coming out of this commercial break, so flip <laughs> over to it. And I was like, oh, well, it's probably interesting. It's probably about quarterbacks at the top of the draft or someone who's trying to trade way up or whatever. And I, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, turned it on. And um, <laughs> he starts talking about Aaron Rodgers not being uh, happy and not wanting to go back to the Packers. And I was like, okay. Was there a loud <laughs> scream from your office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, this is a family uh, – the patio radio show is a family program, so I probably can't say what actually uh, escaped my mouth. But, yeah, it, was, it turned into sort of uh, an interesting interesting day for uh, for the Packers, too. So, if, if Parker Gabriel got phoned after the spring game, and it was the Green Bay Brass, and they said, dude, he isn't coming back – him and his gorgeous mustache and his MVP trophy. Uh, where should we trade him? If he had to go, where, where would you send him? <laughs> uh, well, uh, funny enough, a lot of my friends, uh, this was a topic of conversation you might not be surprised to know. I, I don't know. I think it would be, given the, given the conference alignment, you know, San Francisco would be a tough pill to swallow for Green Bay. Um, Denver would be great. That'd be fine. Um, Pretty much anywhere in the AFC, honestly. That doesn't leave a whole lot of West Coast options. I guess the you know the the Raiders, the Chargers aren't in the market for a quarterback. They got a pretty good one. Although I mean, like if they want to part with Justin Herbert, that would be fine. Um, but other than that, um, there's not a lot of. I mean, I was one of my someone said to me yesterday, like you know the, the quarterback up in Seattle's disgruntled. Maybe they just maybe they Flip should, and. Uh, John Schneider, the the GM in Seattle, you know, he's a he was with the Packers. He's a 
he's a Ron Wolf slash Holmgren guy, and so that would be uh, that would be that'd be sort of NBA ish, but that would be interesting if you just said, yeah, sure, Aaron Rodgers straight up for Russell Wilson. I, that would be you could you could draw my intrigue on that. Well, and and Russ knows Wisconsin uber well, obviously, with what he did yeah. in in college. Uh, Parker Gabriel's with us. Well, Parker, I, I was thinking about you. I'm like, man, I hope things work out. It sounds like <laughs> there's been some communication and. There, there's no eject yet, but he is. I mean, he's special to watch in in Green Bay. Oh, I, yeah. you know, I hope things uh, get smoothed over. Big weekend. I know you had the groundbreaking, and you know, what's this mean to you, a guy who covers Nebraska football day in and day out, uh, just with with Nebraska's ability to move forward with this facility? Yeah, well, it's impressive. Obviously, it got delayed by a year um, because of the pandemic, and and. Uh, so it's a long time coming. I mean, they they announced the thing right over in the same spot as the groundbreaking on site um, in September of 2019, uh, before that Ohio State game. feels like forever ago at this point. So uh, now the shovels finally go in the dirt, and, and they start building it. It's going to be a long time before, uh, you know, they, they do the sneak peek tour or whatever. The, the football program is planning to move in there um, before the 2023 season, but it's a massive project. I mean, I think it's because it hasn't actually, it it wasn't actually a reality in terms of like the the construction until today, it's hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, I was standing there where we've done post-practice interviews this spring and you're looking right out at the track and just the distance from that Northeast corner of Memorial stadium over to the, to the Coliseum, and then out to the practice field, and it's a massive area. And then it's going to go all the way up to the, you know, the East Stadium uh, Plaza there, and sort of encroach on it a little bit by the way the renderings look. It's just a huge project, and so it's going to dominate uh, the area over there for the next couple of years. Um, it's going to be a big old hole in the ground before too long, I would imagine. Um, but it's going to be uh, interesting to watch it, and then obviously it speaks you know, well to the fundraising efforts at Nebraska, which that's always been a strong suit. And it, it continues to be that they were able to, you know, raise and, and maintain 80 million plus in commitments for that project. And they're hoping to get the full hundred million, um, you know, sort of over the lifespan of the construction of this part of it. Parker Gabriel's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Parker, this morning we saw some new renderings for this facility that, that are different than the ones that came out whenever this project was first announced. Uh, is, is that a result of like changing fundraising efforts during the, during the pandemic? Or is that just, you know, as they're getting further along in the project, they're kind of updating how the, the look of the building is going to be? Yeah, I think it's mostly just an updated design. Um, when they, you know, they went they've gone to this sort of phased approach um, to the project. And that really, all that really means is that they're going to start by building the new building. And then the, the phase two, as far as I understand it, this was uh, proposed in November and then approved by the board of regents in December. It's mostly just the um, redoing of the existing structures. So like what they were going to change in the Hawks uh, and then in North stadium, all of that is sort of like now, not going to be done simultaneously, but if they can raise the rest of the money, it will be, it will be done, you know, sort of right in line with this part of the project. So for the most part, I I think it's just, you know, the the price tag didn't change and the overall square footage uh, didn't change, but over the course of the last year, I mean, you, you know, the, the, the price of building materials has changed a lot. The pandemic's had a big impact on, 
building costs and all of that. And so I think it's probably partially updated design. Um, it might be, I don't know if it's detailed enough to be, you know, hey, maybe it's a little bit more uh, of th- these materials rather than these materials because of, you know, keeping the, the, the target cost of the project in mind. Um, but certainly it looked a little bit different uh, in the rendering this morning. Parker, uh, some thoughts on, on the spring game. You look at Nebraska's roster and breakdown and some guys to watch. You know, what what are your what should your takeaways be, I guess, after Saturday kicks off and you see the second half where there is live tackling? What what position group or even player are you going to be most focused on? We'll get to recruiting in a minute, but first things first, some some guys on the field you're interested in seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think like a lot of people will probably start with the running backs on Saturday just because um, it's been a little bit scattershot, you know, through the spring in terms of availability. Obviously, Marquis Step, you know, is out until the summer, and and uh, Ramir Johnson is not going to play on Saturday, according to Ryan Held. But the rest of the guys will be. So, I mean, if you're a Nebraska fan, I, I think you would feel. I, I don't. I mean, first of all, I don't think you should draw any sweeping conclusions from from just the spring game itself, but. I think you'd feel a little heartened if you were a Nebraska fan and you walked out after the scrimmage or flipped off of BTN after the scrimmage or whatever um, on Saturday and thought, man, Gabe Irvin looked really good, or man, Savion Morrison looked really good. You know that, or 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 you know, same thing for Marvin Scott or Jacquez Yant or whoever it is. But they're looking for a guy to become the lead dog in that room, and right now um, there's not one. And not only that, but all the guys that are healthy are pretty darn inexperienced or entirely inexperienced at the college level. And so that's definitely uh, one to watch. I think it'll be interesting to watch um, the, the linebacking group just from a depth perspective there um, and, uh, and the secondary as well. You know, they've got a lot of starting uh, firepower back in the secondary, but um, you've got, you know, a young wave behind it that they really need to be game ready this fall. Uh, and, and then that's to say nothing of the young quarterbacks, which are going to be obviously uh, heavily watched and heavily scrutinized. So there's a lot to pay attention to. When it comes to visitors, and Parker Gabriel's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star, does an amazing job covering Nebraska at Husker Extra PG. Uh, you've got some quarterbacks that are, on their, way, on their way in, Parker, and you look at uh, M.J. Morris, uh, arguably uh, one of the top guys on Nebraska's board, and uh, talk to me a little bit about how you think things are moving forward here for 2022 prospects and just the impact uh, you can have on Saturday. Also, kind of your feel with the Louisiana product, uh, Reese Mooney, uh, and I know he's got a teammate that's a, a high-level uh, wide receiver in, in uh, Shelton Sampson as well. Are those kind of the three big names you're zeroed in on, or is there some other guys that you're looking at here that are coming up on their own dime? Yeah, I think, you know, I think naturally the conversation starts with the quarterbacks that are, that are going to be here, MJ Morris from the 22 class, and like you say, Reese Moody from the 23 class. The thing that's interesting with, with Morris and, and we'll see about is he, he told me a month or so ago that he'd like to make his decision in May uh, one of the schools that was thought to be, you know, right in the mix for him was Florida State, but they just took a second quarterback uh, earlier this week. And so, you know, you're sort of, I mean, as far as I know, you're sort of in the Nebraska 
Louisville, Georgia Tech, or excuse me, not Louisville, uh, NC State, uh, Nebraska, NC State, uh, Georgia Tech, um, you know, realm for MJ Morris at this point. And, you know, the options are, they're not dry for him, obviously, but, but more and more schools are landing their quarterbacks for the current class. And so I don't think, you know, regardless of whether he picks Nebraska or somewhere else, I would think that, that would happen, um, you know, relatively soon. Um, and then with Reese Mooney for the 23 class, like, he doesn't need to be in any rush. Um, he told me uh, last week that he's hoping to see Florida State, Miami, Georgia, and maybe USC this spring. Um, but he also said, hey, you know, if I, I fall in love with the place, you never know what, what could happen. So um, definitely quarterbacks are on the radar screen. There's a bunch of guys from the 22 class that are going to be on campus that I think are interesting, um, you know, a guy like the, the, the Hayes, Kansas boys, uh, Gavin Myers and Jaron Kanick. I mean, that there's their teammates, their best friends. Um, Jaron Kanick is a guy who, you know, he's six two and two ten, and he, he's run ten six in the hundred the spring and track down there. And so he's, you know, he's not only being recruited by Nebraska and Iowa and Kansas State anymore. It's it's there's some big boys in it that are, are starting to realize the sort of, you know, height, weight, speed, athleticism package that he's got. And then another guy that's an interesting one is Chris McClellan. They got a bunch of defensive linemen that are going to be on campus. And Chris McClellan's a guy from the Kansas City area that's really blown up. I mean, you're talking about offers from Oklahoma, Ohio State, a bunch of a bunch of uh, big-name schools. And so he's a guy who I think Nebraska is doing well to get guys like Canick and, and McClellan and a bunch of those other guys in that class on campus now. And some of them are going to turn around and come right back to campus in June when official visits open. So you get a little bit of that sort of quasi game day environment um, for the guys who are going to be on campus on Saturday. And that way it's sort of a best of both worlds. You get to see that and then also take your official visit and maybe make a decision in the summer rather than having to wait it out all the way to fall if you wanted to see, you know, people in the stands at Memorial Stadium this fall. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Parker Gabriel's with us, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PG. Parker, we'll, uh, we'll end it on this, and thanks for making time. I know it's a busy Friday for you. You know, with Bill Moose's comments on the Bill Moose show earlier this week, the the eight nine win total uh, has raised some eyebrows. Some have probably quietly nodded, nodded their head. Well, why not? And then you look at the strength of schedule, and you know just where Nebraska's been at in, in some of those one score games. On top of the the strength of schedule with Nebraska's home and road uh, uh, gauntlet for for twenty twenty one. What was your reaction to, to Moose's thoughts about eight, nine wins? I can find eight or nine wins. I'm sure you can find eight or nine wins. Uh, I can also find, you know, six losses. I can right. – it, it's, it's interesting. And then there's, you know, a stretch of games in October that are going to be those coin flip pick em ball games. And Nebraska has been okay in some instances, I think, back to Michigan State in the snow. And then I think to, to, to the 0-3 mark against Iowa where it's come down to one possession. You know, what was your takeaway with, uh, with what Moose was saying? Yeah, it definitely, I mean, you know, it definitely caught your attention when, whenever an athletic director puts a number on it. And it didn't, he didn't, it didn't come off as a mandate, hey, you know, we've got to win uh, eight or nine games. But, but obviously when you put a number on it, it it's going to, 
you know, gain attention and, and, and generate headlines and all that. I, you know, to me, like both he and Scott Frost have said in the past uh, three or four months that it's time for Nebraska to start competing for the West. And you're not going to compete for the West if you don't win eight or nine games. So, like, I think it's pretty consistent with um, what you've heard from the athletic director and the football coach um, essentially this entire offseason. But, yeah, I mean, it's that's certainly not – It's I mean, you can ask any Big Ten coach. It's never easy to win nine games. I mean, nobody – you know, nobody waltzes to nine wins. And so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about handling your business in the non-conference play. Obviously, it's asking a lot to go down to Norman and, and win a game against a team that, that could be a title contender. But beyond that, I mean, it obviously means – getting off to a good start with Illinois and, and Buffalo. And then depending on if they, you know, a play, if they find a game for September 4th or not. Um, but then, yeah, to do that, you know, you've got to, you, if you're going to win nine games or, or eight games, that means you've got to beat, um, you know, like teams. You've got to be able to find a way to handle um, Michigan State and Purdue and, and, and pick off Iowa or Wisconsin or Northwestern or two of three. And so, yeah, it's not easy. Um, but, you know, it's never going to be easy in the Big Ten. So um, that's sort of the – that's sort of where it's at, though. I mean, you're, you're in year four. You've got some depth built and all that. And um, I, I didn't think it was – out of line and I also thought it was along the same lines as what they said before about competing for the division but like I said you slap a number on it and uh, it gets people's attention last thought here Parker we'll get you out on this who do you got tomorrow red team or white team (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is a tough one because the red team the red team's going to roll the starters out there in the first half uh, but the white team's got more sort of like the twos and threes that'll be going against essentially a scout team on the red side in the second half. So it's a tight one. Uh, I lean toward the red. um, And I guess I'll, unless there's some sort of wonky scoring system, I think I'll take the red in a nail biter at Memorial stadium. You know, Parker, you have the honor right now of setting the line. (laughs) Uh, Red minus two and a half. Wow. He's going two and a half. (laughs) It's not only a brutal number, it's also got the hook. There we go. Parker, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for the time. All right. Have a good one, guys. Good to get caught up with Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal star at uh, Husker Extra PG on Twitter. Bill Dolman is here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. 6.30 tonight, Husker baseball gets rolling. Rutgers comes into town, and they just uh, took two or three against Michigan, so Nebraska still in the driver's seat. Nebraska this week uh, popping up on Kendall Rogers' uh, national seedings. Nebraska right into the tail end as a 16 seed, which would mean a regional host. Let's hear from Will Bolt as uh, he's excited about where the fans are going to be. They're going to be at Memorial Stadium, then they're going to be at Haymarket Park, and with uh, restrictions being lifted, that means more butts in seats at Haymarket. Here's Coach Bolt. I've said it before. I mean, the a reason a lot of us are here is just because of how special the fan base is and just how um, behind all of the sports that they get. And um, so it's, it's exciting. I mean, it's something that, you know, we have this beautiful ballpark. We have, um, you know, the, the great fan base to back it up. And so they fill the berms. They fill the, the stands, it sounds like, this weekend that, that we're going to have, you know, we could have 6,000 people here. Um, 
So I know it, it's, again, it's just the last year and what it's brought us. Uh, it's been such a strange year for all athletics. I mean, playing in empty stadiums and um, having to really create your own um, energy and enthusiasm. I mean, having the fans behind you, um, yeah, it's, it, it adds a lot. And, um, and our guys are really thankful. We're really thankful for our, for our administration for being supportive of having people in the stands, uh, the city of Lincoln, um, that we can get this safely done and have the support that these guys deserve, honestly. Um, so it, it's we're excited about it. And as far as a home field advantage, I mean, I think the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, I think we we, we feed off of it. Um, we feed off the crowd. I know the, the opposing team, um, because it's something maybe they haven't been used to, um, you know, when they've got the adrenaline going at times and our fans are clapping with two strikes on a hitter, maybe they get a little more sped up, you know, um, those type of things. So, Elijah, would you run a parent for going A, batter, batter, swing, batter, <laughs> Ferris Bueller style, or do you let the crowd do their thing? Oh, I mean, the, the crowd can heckle me all they want. As long as it's not interfering with the game, please heckle me. Like, it makes me better. Okay. I, 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 I thrive on that adversity. You doubt me? Okay. Watch, watch, <laughs> me, watch me ring your son up. <laughs> We're going to get Elijah up on his Sunday. I know it. You're going to have to be a bigger envelope. Um, let's uh, dive into to pressure and expectations. More from Will Bolt. Nebraska fans jacked about where the baseball team's at. And you look at year two for Will Bolt after an abbreviated last season. This team is the same team that shows up uh, Monday for practice as they do Friday for game time. They are even keel, and you want to see that more out of your football program. Uh, you want to see that more out of your basketball program. But Will Bolt has got massive amounts of buy-in and maturity with this team, and uh, they will go about their business not looking ahead to Michigan. At least you, you hope not if you're a Nebraska fan. They found a way. To, uh, to get out of East Lansing last week. Do we have time, Elijah, to hear about uh, pressure and yeah, expectations? We do. Yeah, we do. All right, let's hear from Will Bolt. I don't think there's there's really any way to pretend it doesn't exist. I, I think it's it's very tangible at this point where you're you're getting, um, you know, we're getting more people that are allowed to come to the stadium. You know, so there's talk of, you know, getting 6,000 people at the games. Um, you, you know, you start getting in the home stretch where the weather's good and um, we have a home, more home games, you know, that, that we're going to be playing here down the stretch as well. And, you know, there's, there's things that are um, goals that we've had, you know, since the day these guys stepped foot on campus as far as hosting regionals and, um, you know, winning the league and those type of things. So those are all things that, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily harp on every day, but you also, you know, you're not going to act like it doesn't exist either. So I, I think the message is it's just consistent as it's been all year long. It's like we just got to show up each day and as as boring as it may sound, just be good that day. Just just have a good practice. Just have a, you know, just show up and um, play our style of baseball every given day so you don't just make too much of, you know, what's the noise that's going on outside of the program. We'll wind down a Friday next on Hale Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, NFL Draft is coming up shortly as they were just kind of showing a graphic here of notable second and third round quarterbacks taken. Yes, the Snake Stabler was drafted in the second round. 
They also showed uh, Joe Montana, a third-round draft pick, who uh, Montana right now is still pimping Guinness uh, on a TV near you. Reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty in town for the spring game, or you're thinking about selling that home uh, because of real estate prices. Your friends at West Blue Realty can make it happen. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and surrounding communities. And uh, you mentioned Hale Varsity. They can provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout, 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider's fantastic as well. Give Kelly a call, 402-202-2312, westbluerealty.com. And uh, go visit uh, Kelly and Tom today, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. We will have the sounder here very shortly. Uh, with uh, your chance to qualify for a new grill, a gift card from uh, Leon's, and a gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. That is just around the corner here with uh, Hale Varsity Radio, the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Billy D., this has been fun, man. Thanks for checking out the patio, bringing Shaggy, the the pup, with you, and it's been fun talking ball with you all day. Yeah, great setup here. I'm, I'm really impressed that you got this thing all figured out. Uh, the this the is wife the is wonderful. She is a nurse. <laughs> this is the way you, you need to, to do it. I do need to say this. My new best friend, Tom Hardesty, from uh, Wellman Plumbing and Heating, uh, over in uh, your mom's neighborhood, said that we need to get you back up to speed on Big Ten wrestling. See, <laughs> we, we have Coach Manning on from time to time, and he's phenomenal. My brother-in-law, Uncle Andy's a state champion uh-huh. in wrestling. So those are my two go-to wrestling guys. I offer to wrestle a lot with my wife, and I get turned down <laughs> quite a bit. Understandably. Uh, so I told him I would, I would mention to you that we need to get up to speed on wrestling, but I, I, it also got me thinking that we really, now that you got this set up, need to get Mike Babcock, Carl Vogel. Yes, the keg. R- r- bring in uh, Mike Riley. I, I'm happy to come back, and we will just have a, well, let's go bonus time, so not just a two-hour, but like so a three-hour. Do, do, do a three-hour, four-hour average uh, show reunion. Right, average show reunion, and all we'll talk about is Georgia Championship Wrestling, AWA, the old NWA, Ivan Putsky, Abdullah the Butcher, Pat Patterson the Crusher, all of the Bruiser. old, yeah, Bruiser Brody, Sergeant Slaughter, and we'll just talk pro wrestling old school for four hours. And but I, Babbers will show up with a steel chair and may use it on me. I guarantee you the phone will be ringing off the hook and we'll have Babbers tell the story about the time that he was at Pershing Auditorium for a card and the junkyard dog was in the beer line not knowing if he was going <laughs> to wrestle that night or, or not. I got to talk to Babbers about that. That's that's so good. No, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll get the kid over here. You were the king of all patio shows for an average Joe giveaway many years ago. Oh, yeah. Where Chef yeah. Notter came over, made grilled oh, grub, yeah. and uh, that's the inspiration for doing this, quite honestly. Uh, Elijah Herbal is uh, with us, and Elijah, have a great weekend of baseball. Let's get caller nine right now. Memorial Day kickoff, 466 3776, 466, 3776. Caller nine. Right now qualifies the Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. The $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Centers. A $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Caller 9 right now qualifies 466-3776 or 800-825-5865. Tomorrow, come see us. Rail Yard 
10 to noon, weekend Hail Varsity. See you.